I had chili back to back. Oh, I thought you were singing the song from Greece. I had chili. I had chili two times. <laughs> and my toilet is a big crater in the ground. It's <laughs> a creepy minor need, key version. I need some pills. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Chris Plant, go get me pills. You're my neighbor, get me pills. I got Nexium and Prilosec. No, I really do. I'm on both right now. It's a double up PPI. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Chris Plant, and I know the best games of the Chili Boy. My name is Ross Farsick, and I've been hanging around this town. Welcome to the Besties. <laughs> where we talk about the latest and greatest in Counting Crows tracks. Everything from August and everything after through uh, Hard Candy and all the other great Counting Crows albums, of which I assume there are new ones. Uh, the uh, law of large numbers would state that those have continued to be produced. Do you, do you know the about thing about ghosts. the Crows, though? I, sorry, I just want to hit this since we are a Crows podcast. The best music isn't on their albums. It's on the soundtracks, baby. Shrek. Yeah. Shrek 2. Shrek. Shrek 3. Shrek Ever After. Their last full album was in 2014, and I think we are overdue to get a little bit of that good old crow I've been juice. Counting crows. The days. <laughs> a little bit of that feast for crows. Do, it's they hot. Have a, do they have a song that's like 28, 29? Oh, there's another one. 30. Oh, 31. Mm. Oh, there's one up in the up on the telephone pole. 32. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Griffin. What happens after that one? 33. That one you almost flew right into me. me. for this gag. <laughs> Uh, the, but this week we're going to talk about video games. You know, they've come a long way since Maybe. Pac-Man, the Pac-Man uh, trilogy. Mm-hmm. and um, Baby I, Pac-Man, Baby the lesser Pac-Man, known. Pac-Man, Pac-Man, uh, Miss Pac-Man, the whole quadrilogy. There's a fourth one, too. Did you ever play the fourth one? No. It's an FMV game full of nudity, and it was banned in America, so you wouldn't probably have played it. Mm. It was called Phantasmagoria, and Start- everybody, everybody <laughs> talks about how cool that game is. We've never played it, but Pac-Man Start- is in it, and he does all yeah. kinds of sex. Start Adam Duritz I thought it was Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Yeah, start um, Adam Duritz as Pac-Man. <laughs> Gobbling up ghosts. Uh-huh. What it's games what- did everybody play this time? Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you, Griffin. <laughs> um, well, we should, we should get into uh, honorable mentions first, right? I, yeah, that's what yeah. honorable mention, and I'm going to alley-oop it to Hoops himself. Y'all, this Assassin's Creed Origins, what oh. if I told you, this is, this is my pitch for it. Assassin's Creed, right? Think about Assassin's Creed from the last, I don't know, like five years. But this time it's good. And release it on the worst possible day ever. Yeah. Um, that's not their fault, Russ. Get off their jock. Um, I, uh, yeah, so it's, oh man, the new Assassin's Creed game is something else, I tell you. Um, for me, and I've played like a good amount of it, though I have like no metric on how far into the game I have actually gone. Do you have those hand knives yet? Yeah, you do get the hand knives. Just one okay. in this one. Born to hand knife, baby. So there's another one. That's a great 
kind of a good joke. Um, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Origins is in uh, Egypt, and uh, you're a cat named Bayek, who's a magi, which is a like a protector, I guess. Um, I thought it was magi. I didn't think it was magi. They pronounce it magi. I don't. Oh. I, well, I don't. Let me ask you. I, I hate the lore, but does it have any like modern day lore stuff? Yeah. So you're uh, uh, a woman who seems to be sort of like on the outs with Abstergo, mm. um, kind of a, a rogue agent with a friend. And she's kind of she is basically hooked the, uh, a portable animus up to a mummy. And that is what <laughs> she is. I know. And that is what she is, uh, how she is exploring the okay. They are memories. really just kind of just expanding kind of what it. this thing is pot. Like, I put I put it on a big bowl of oranges, and now I get to be <laughs> Picasso. Could you, like, dig up Checkers, Nixon's dog, and just, like, experience the Nixon White House that way? Pro- uh, I mean, in this rich fiction, in this rich tapestry, <laughs> yes. Um, this I, White House is a wolf. I want to hear what Plant thought of it, but I, for me, it's like the definition of uh-huh. two steps forward and one step back. Like the so it's been a while since the last one, Syndicate. I guess was two years ago at this point. Is that correct? Twenty fifteen yeah. for Syndicate. Is that right? So they took longer than they normally do on an, to release this Assassin's Creed game, um, or at least longer than they, they got in the habit of doing. Um, and the 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 things that are good about it, uh, the world is like so expansive i mean like massive uh, to a point where i've been playing for i would guess about 20 hours and there's like half the map i haven't even explored yet i just got Yeesh. to memphis which is massive um that's right it encompasses now na- you can get to tennessee <laughs> <laughs> so strange um no it, it i just got to memphis and uh uh it, which is like a major city and I literally just got there after 20 hours and there's huge chunks of the map that I've yet to unearth. Do they um, have, do they have struggle with like uh, environmental variety? Um, I mean, yeah. In like the most practical sense, because it, 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 I mean, it is ancient Egypt, you know what I mean? Sure. Like it's not, there isn't like a Starbucks that you're going to be climbing over or whatever, but there is definitely some, um, some uh it gets a little grating i would say or a little yeah. a little monotonous because there's not that there's not a lot of like tall buildings there's some you know a few tall buildings that you're going to be scaling but i think you lose that um in a lot of Assassin's Creed games, there's this cool thing of like i'm going to get up to the rooftops and like that's how i'm going to get around like i'm just sure. going to sort of like point a to point b along the rooftops and that's a very fun way of of traversing um this is much more spread out. There's a lot of like large expanses, uh, and you do have a horse that you can call um, uh, at 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 will. That you can use to ride the long distances between, but it it feels weird. It doesn't have the flow in in between the 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 sections. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. The so so like it's huge, but also. It is, there are so many things you can do. And for me, it has struggled with the, um, remember the, in Dragon Age Origins, another <laughs> or, Origins <laughs> game, strangely, like um, everybody told you like, you gotta get out of the, what was the first area? The Hinterlands, is that right? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. You gotta get out of the Hinterlands, don't are you, wait, 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 Are you talking about the the latest one? That, that was, uh, that wasn't Origins, that was Inquisition. Inquisition, yeah, uh, yeah you gotta get out of the Hinterlands. Um, and the, 
Yeah, Origins was the first one, wasn't it? But um, I think it was just Origins was in my head. But uh, there are so many side quests to do. And do you remember, like, two or three Assassin's Creed's ago, there was, like, a rating system for missions? Where, yes. Like, after you did the mission, you could, like, rate it, like, mm, good, good mission. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so strange. <laughs> I actually found myself, like, wishing that was in there. Because there's a lot, <laughs> there's, like, so many side quests that I'm starting to get pretty done with Assassin's Creed Origins. And... A lot of the side quests I've done have been like so bogus. There are some where it's like a chunk of the mission is you like picking up hay and putting it in carts for people. There are oh, so many like odd jobs. <laughs> like somebody go <laughs> check on my workers. I lost my horse. Go find my horse. And the, oh, okay, I don't have anything better to do. So I'm going to go go do that. So I'm starting to get sort of over the experience and. There are still so many side quests popping up, but I did so many early on because I like to be completionist with with side missions in games. I don't go for all, like all the collectibles or whatever. Um, and I feel like I'm starting to get a little burnt out. And I do wish there was like a rating system so I can know like this is a fun one. You should do this one, and this is. And then you can bogus. filter out from the map, like just to hide all the one to two star ones. Just yes, get those exactly. the fuck out of my sight. Don't Following get... a guy in a crowd. I think it would be cool if, for a certain type of gamer, if you're buying the game and you're like, "This is my November. This is what I'm doing this month." Then I think that like this, the, it could be very good because the stuff is like none of it's terrible or annoying. It's just like I'm sort of got the experience, and I would like to finish the main story path but i'm feeling so unmotivated um yeah the main hero bayek is very good uh he's he's in a in sort of a break from recent assassin's creed like he's very warm and like smiles and laughs a lot and uh, which is very cool he's not like super grim dark which is interesting because he has a sort of dark backstory that has gotten him to this point um because it is so early in the uh canon there's not a lot it doesn't get super bogged down with like assassins v templar mythos i would say um in the, in the chunks i've played um it is hard though because i have zero familiarity with ancient egypt or this time period whatsoever and it can get pretty overwhelming with like the different factions and names uh being thrown at you constantly when i have like no frame of reference for anything that's happening which is a tribute to my own ignorance and and to its credit i have felt like a lot more sort of in tune like it it is sad when i can say the assassin's creed game has been a good education for me but it has in fact been just that um the the combat is much more fun than i think previous assassin's creed games it feels very good there's a lot of like active uh combos and there's like an overcharge stamina bar there's parrying on the fly there's all kinds of good stuff but the um stealth feels worse than it has previously so you're you know a as fun as it is to run into a group of uh people and just sort of level them um you get spotted super easy um and there's a lot of uh i think that's that feels worse than it has in other games which makes me lean on that combat more um um the the yeah. the Do only other thing i i wanted to hit and and if there's like if there's specific points you guys want to talk about i think that'd be cool but um the only other thing is uh you can spend a lot of cash in this game and i because i like a, so like absurdo bucks that you mm, got by doing challenges in game and, currency or like real world yo currency? like real world currency to a pretty buck wild extreme i decided to 
uh, because I didn't have a lot of time to oh, no. to play this oh, game. No, no I mean, this is intentional. I wanted to know if you could like sort of break the experience oh, through God. money uh-huh. because ideally, right, you shouldn't be able to. I would it was say an experiment for the good of mankind is what oh, you're saying. Very no, I, I I was I I was curious and I and I had some bucks. So I thought, hey, I'm going to see if I can. The answer is yes, very much so. You can buy. Uh, gold, right? So you could buy gold. You can buy crafting materials, and they have very much incentivized this because there are uh, all the upgrades. It's a sort of Far Cry system, so all the upgrades to like your health and melee you need, damage, like a goat range head damage. Or something. Yeah. Oh, except you need fifty, or <laughs> and and it, it and each animal drops three. So it's like cool. so infuriating, and I cannot imagine any but like. You would have to love hunting in this game to do as much as you would need to for upgrading. <laughs> but no, nah, you could just give us a few bucks and we'll just give you a crate. Just drop a crate of 300 vulture skulls. And Wait, does a, crate no actually, does a crate actually drop no, down? No, it just spawns directly in, into your inventory. You could buy weapons. You can buy exotic weapons. Uh, you can buy the money you need to upgrade those weapons. You can buy ability points. So, oh. like, you don't even need to level up. You could just buy the ability points in the game to and it and it slows leveling way down to a point where you're not getting ability points very often and then abilities start costing three levels worth of points to unlock and they very much like want to make it tempting to do this um but you could buy like you could just sit down and pay a bunch of money and get like unlock all the abilities get top notch gear upgrade <sighs> them and and just be at what like maps maps to everything you, yeah, you buy them and they'll just throw them all on your map for you um i yeah. mean they call them time savers but like the question i was struggling with um that's it you're literally describing if you if you ever buy any box in any video game is explicitly a time saver because it's time you're not spending playing the game doing that's like the nature of this i wish we had more time to record because we i feel like we could go for a fucking hour talking about because this was in yeah. the last month, like it felt like that conversation. Somebody poured gasoline on it and set it the fuck on fire. Of well, that you can't have a single player game without loot boxes anymore, and we are deciding this this month. So if everybody doesn't buy Wolfenstein, it's the end of any industry. It, and it's it like not, holy though, shit, guys! It's not loot boxes. Like I can, it is much more explicit than that, and yeah, this, a little more is, craven. Not, it is literally like pay us a bunch of money and. Yeah skip stuff and and for me the big question becomes like do you as a game designer at that point balance the game so that it's fun to do the amount of hunting you need to do to upgrade all your stuff or do you balance it so that people want to spend extra money to skip it and like and the the idea of like a time saver in a game like this is crazy because you're playing a video game right like it shouldn't be a question of like well i got my chores to do this month i gotta get out there and harvest 60 fucking hyenas to upgrade my bracer like it shouldn't be balanced like that but i it it absolutely is and it really like I, i i wanted to see how bad it would be and i i it is really sort of unfathomable to me the the and 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 all of a sudden once you do that though like so much of the motivation is removed right it's like inputting a cheat code because a lot of the quests reward you with there are these tombs that you can explore and the big reward for finishing the tomb is an ability point well fuck off i can buy that for a dollar what else do you have like 
the uh, so it's it's really it's really like and I've, of course it's not forced on you of course but i really feel like it's balanced in such a way that you are incentivized right to that's do that. not the issue that's not the issue anymore the issue is that like if developers of these traditionally single player grand huge experiences are looking at microtransaction loot crate models they're not they're most of the time they're not saying like how can i find a way to fit this into my game they're saying how can i find a way to retrofit this into my game using the systems that were already in there and then making them making making them sort of compatible with this business model and every yeah. single time that they do that it ends up it 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 always ends up like this and like people gave destiny 2 a bunch of shit uh for the for the silver market and i guess destiny 1 also but like that's an example of in my opinion a developer doing it right it's like here's a you know a bunch of dumb Cosmetic bonus shit stuff. and you can and get whatever. it the way that you want to get it instead of like oh yeah you could spend 30 hours grinding for uh you know insert exotic here or just give us five bucks yeah cool bye like i, I think i think we, destiny is a, a little better but i i think the issue is bigger than the loot crates i think the issue is Games are being designed now to make sure that you retain them for a given number of months and that, that they don't fill up the used game market and then take away sales by way of used games. So when you are spending money in Assassin's Creed and they're saving you time, what they're saying is, oh, well, you could give us money now, which will make it so that you complete this game faster and you enjoy your time with it quicker. Uh, but we're getting the money back that we would have lost by you becoming somebody who then sells it back to the retailer. And that's I, I feel the same way with Destiny. I feel like so much of Destiny's pleasure, and I, I use that like that's not the right term for it, in my opinion. No, it gets me. It gets just, me hard. I mean, I'm yeah, it, it's locking. It's but it's meant to lock the player in. It is. It's still work. Like you're right. still largely but wasting your time, and to participate in certain things in the game, you have to do the work. Yes, and, but it's this and, is two different conversations though, because well, like no, the, I, I think I think they're very connected. I think across the industry, when we talk about moving away from single player, the lar the very top level thing we're talking about is that games are now designed to lock people in, not because they're fun, but because they have hooks. And whether that whether that hook is to get you to like buy a loot box or it's just to get you to play so many hours in a month, that way they can then use that as data which they would then sell right. to an advertiser whatever it is the games there is a trend that has grown and grown and grown towards developing games to be addictive rather than rewarding and i think and that's I, like what what bums me out is like i love i used to love though like i used to play games with hooks exclusively because i i enjoy a big rpg or games with rpg systems that i can get lost in and feel this path to power and customization and all that shit and now it's been like perverted in a way i know i sound very very naive in talking about this and it's probably because i'm a little bit salty because i'd like to talk about a game that i played a little bit well i played a lot over a very short span of time uh that's not officially out yet it comes out this month and it's animal crossing pocket camp i don't know if anybody else got down on this and i imagine i i want to spend a little bit more time talking about it next month once it's properly out but that that game is a like a cute sort of boiled down version of the animal crossing experience that hits that free-to-pay monetization escalation <laughs> so fucking quick that it left my head spinning. Um, so you go around and you do uh, favors for your neighbors and attract new animals to come to your camp, and you can go fishing and bug catching and fruit collecting and then give those to your friends, and then they'll give you, you know, some bells and some experience points and 
all kinds of shit and you unlock furniture that you can then build and customize your camp to try to attract new people to come to it and like on paper that's great and it is like a genuinely good little animal crossing experience if not like the fully fleshed out thing that i adore but it it the the numbers of it get so buck wild so fucking fast and if it's not tweaked in some way which is not out of the realm of possibilities. Russ, you remember when Fire Emblem uh, Heroes came out, you could only play that game for like a little bit before you had to wait out that stamina meter. Sure. And they finally, they did tweak that actually pretty quickly so that you could play the game a little bit more. Um, so like to craft something, right? You start out crafting something. It's like, oh, you want to make this table. It's six wood. It's like, oh, okay, I can do that. And then the next time you build a table for somebody else, it's 15 wood. Oh, okay, I can do that. And then it's 30 wood. Then it's 60 wood. And then it's 120 wood. And to get that much is it's preposterous it's it's so 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 much uh as a as a point of reference there's daily login bonuses which is not uncommon for a free-to-play game uh and i just got one today that was cloth and you spend cloth on things like rugs um and there's a rug that i want for my camp it's 120 cloth and right now i have about 15 and my daily login bonus was three more pieces of cloth so i'm getting just 102 more it's like so so bad um and it, it, it genuinely sort of turned me off from the game because it's like, is it going to get worse? Is there the next time I have to build something? Is it 240 pieces of cloth? Am I going to have to either grind my life away or spend money on leaf tickets that you can use to bypass any part of the game just so I can build a fucking duvet from like it's so it gets so gross so fast. Also, I put out my friend code out on Twitter and it uh, broke my friends list and I haven't been able Aww. to open my friends list in the game for a few weeks, uh, which is a bummer. So I don't know. It, the bones are all there, but the fucking numbers are so bad and so punishing so quickly that I played it constantly for about three days and then I <clears throat> never touched it again. We, we need to uh, talk about good, good things. Yeah. That we yeah. Like the games of the month. Yes. Yes. Um, why don't we go through the three pretty quickly so we can get to that fourth one sure. and have a lot of time to dump dump into it. How about I blast through mine really quick because it'll be a transition because it's not Good. a great game, but I'll I'll get it out there. Um, <clears throat> mine is middle of middle of Earth Middle Earth Shadow of War, which is a sequel to uh oh my gosh Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Mordor. The titles are yeah different. yeah um. Similar to that game, the entire hook is that you are a man who uh, is dead and inhabited partly by another ghost man, and together you use your powers to uh, enslave orcs to do your bidding and to uh, gradually take over uh, little kingdoms. The big difference this time is instead of a few small maps, now you're taking over entire, uh, essentially, forts or castles. and you can assign your orcs to fight battles that you're not even there for. You can assign them, once you take over a castle in these giant siege fights, uh, you can assign leaders to manage those castles, which then later on, much later on, uh, can be sieged by enemy orcs. It's just very big. It reminds me of, uh, did y'all play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood? Yeah, yeah, sure. Remember how you could, like, get assassins, and then you'd, like, on text documents like tell them to go fight battles and then be like yeah they won or they lost yeah um it's similar to that but like you can actually go and participate in those battles if you so choose um and it is technically very impressive 
the the system, especially with the orcs, where you are constantly being badgered by orcs that you fought and you watch them evolve, uh, is just as great as it was before. It's much funnier. The I thought it was pretty funny. The tell first them time about the, the poet, the poet the, one. Well, the, I guess maybe don't spoil it if you don't want to. I don't know if this is the same one that you're talking about, but my my very favorite experience was one who the guy was very eloquent. Uh, it might have been the poet, but very eloquent An orc. Orc, and uh, you have the option to like kill the orc or uh, take them to your side or just outright shame them, uh, which reduces their level. And I just kept shaming the same orc because he just kept showing up on me. And what happened was he became less and less eloquent until he broke down into nonverbal grunts uh, because he completely lost his will to live. At which point I cut off his head. Um, Jesus. Yeah. yeah Dark. I, no, that was like, I'm helping him. Right. He Are wouldn't you? have wanted to go on that way. No, no. He would have been, can you imagine a poet deprived of words? <laughs> well, I meant it was dark that you brought him to that point, to be uh, honest. Yeah, no, that is. That's kind of the problem with the game, is the game does not know how it feels about the idea of enslaving creatures. Even I get, like, orcs in the fiction, I, uh, they are... Uh, pure evil so i guess we're not supposed to feel bad well and they also doing... tended to be like very straight like straight e like not like interesting evil they were just like i hate yeah. good things and i is, crush and i kill they are so much more interesting than any other character you meet in the, right. game. the main story is just dreadful and all the characters in it are just miserable creatures and it's and it's hilarious because when you in with a lot of the orcs when you enslave them they become fully realized lovable characters and it's like oh shit like there, there was the one guy who, who went from like trying to cut off my head i waved a magic spell on him and he was shrek just like having lots of fun <laughs> and cavorting with me through the ranks it's like oh okay so are you all kind of like should i be feeling bad about this or not like which yeah. is it because it, it late in the game, I'm, I'm not going to get into the spoilers, but it calls into question this and renders a judgment that doesn't make sense in the context of the entire point of the series. And it's such a, it's such a bummer, and I know like a lot of people are going to enjoy this game without having a second thought on it, and that's fine. But there's so many easy ways to fix this. It would be so much more interesting to me if your character was a charmer and somehow got people to join his side or just had if there was any other reason for for why these people are becoming your allies the weird thing is it feels so obvious that orcs from what i understand and i have a feeling i'm going to get corrected on this but in the canon respect power and displays of strength you think would pull people onto your side by choice rather right. than than this and that would make more sense too because then it would explain why their underlings also work for you even though you didn't use your magic enslavement power on them. So, I don't know. It, it, it really is just a game that you... It always just feels a little icky. On top of that, rather than simplify the process of creating these armies, like, uh, that was, which was kind of an issue with the previous one, they just quadrupled down on it. I mean, Ugh, there, I is so, there are so many menus to dig through. You can pick up different weapons. There's a variety of loot. You can upgrade the loot. There are gemstones that you collect, and you have to upgrade the gemstones to then upgrade your loot through gem infusion. The the uh, orcs, there's like upgrade paths for them depending on how they conquer towers. There are loot boxes that can factor in in a variety of different ways. 
uh, there are skill trees, and then there are micro branches of the skill trees. So one skill has then three additional unlocks that you can only choose one of, and you alternate between them. It it is dense, and I felt like I spent probably the first fifteen hours just catching up to how to play this game and learn all these new moves that don't get me wrong are cool, but at a certain point, I I want to feel like I'm like not playing the menu and I'm playing the game. Um, yeah, I never, I never got to that point. It, I I played this for a long time, and and you go down so many mechanical rabbit holes, like to the point where I was googling walkthroughs and not for like missions, but for UI elements. Like, how do I manage this? Because I can't find the menu to do this. I got to. It, you can get to a point where you have orcs in your army that you want to level up and you can pit them in a fight against another orc and the way that plays out is you watch two ai orcs fight for like three minutes and it's so it's so wild that it made me feel like i had been abandoned by the like they like no one thought about anyone actually taking advantage of this mechanic like did you all think through watching two ai orcs fight each other like no one must have thought through this right for a long time because there are scenarios where i had one where something like one character's strength was i don't know like fire and the orc he was fighting his strong defense was against fire it was i don't know if it was exactly that but it was something where it just was like watching them chip away at health bars brutal forever we we accidentally triggered one of these uh fights in our stream and mercifully it ended very quickly but i was afraid that we were going to have to have a 30 minute stream of just two ai characters going at it it is Um, desperately in need of an editor and if i had to guess i would say that a lot of this stemmed from and again this is complete hypothesization on hypothesizing on my part but there are chests that you could pay real world money for to unlock legendary orcs to fight alongside of you um and if if i had to guess a lot of these mechanics were glommed on to sort of justify that that i mean because uh, i don't think that's how yeah i think the sad thing is they're just bad like, well, it, I don't think it's just that. I think what could have, what might have happened, what seems more realistic, is that they designed this game, and then they're like, okay, which parts of this game can we put behind monetization? Oh, these orcs that let you kind of crush the opponents uh, are a huge advantage. Let's make them easier to get if you just spend money. And that's where that issue comes from. I don't think they're yeah. necessarily adding things to support monetization, I think they're chipping away at chunks of the game that work for monetization. Yeah, I, I think the other bummer, too, of this game is it's a weird game where its strengths somehow became its weaknesses. You can have these huge, huge crowds of orcs. And on some level, <clears throat> the idea is that you could skip, skip the entire process. Don't put together your army. Don't recruit allies. Go right to a big castle. Get in a fight. Get overwhelmed and you'll probably die. Uh, and that's fine. That's like a cool gating thing. It would be great if I felt like I had a chance when it came to fighting big crowds. This It uses a very similar Batman-style combat, and it turns yeah. out that that is great, but maxes out around like seven or eight enemies. Once you have just 
a horde of enemies on screen, it it just feels terrible, and you don't have there aren't a lot of abilities that take out large groups. Uh, trying to think of the Warriors games style, uh, and and I understand they're different games, but you just feel weak in a way that seems at odds with what type of game oh you mean dynasty warriors yeah yeah thank you <laughs> i thought you were talking about the warriors the Me ps2 <laughs> no there's just there's huge he's right there's huge fights that you feel like wow there are too many people actually there's one boss battle inside a, a castle where i think this is around the point that i bailed on it where you when you go in you are locked in a room where fire is shooting up from the ground and you uh, can't escape you can't get high ground you can't like do some sneaky shit to turn the odds in your favor it is literally just like fight your way out um and and you get so overwhelmed by enemies and there just isn't like a good aoe i'm gonna take everybody down and the irritating thing is if you're good you can continue to uh parry your way through groups of enemies and it's exhausting and it takes yeah. forever and it's zero fun and you can call in reinforcements you can have a bodyguard as one of the uh one of the orcs that you capture can you can make your bodyguard who you can call at your whim but if you're trying to capture another orc in there uh, it's a huge risk factor because they could kill the orc that you're trying to capture and it and it's and i and i think it was probably conceived to be dynamic but it's just like it is not built for those big uh group battles which is what you find yourself in a lot um, okay. Yeah, Let's I want to talk say about one a game nice people thing liked. really quick. I'll say yeah, because really really that was fast. super negative. <laughs> yeah. This, so all this is super frustrating. But when the game surprises you, and maybe some of this is accidental, maybe some of it is made to designed to do these things. It is magical. And the example that I will give is at the beginning of the stream with uh, that I did with Frush. I wanted to get to a really the highest point I could find to have start on a really gorgeous view, right? And two seconds before we start the stream, I get bombarded by one of my allies, my number one orc, my, the dude that I had carried along with me the entire time. And I loved him because he was dressed as a bird and he is the dopiest looking orc in the entire game. And he found me at the top of a perch. And then I fought a giant orc bird thing uh on top of this the tallest tower in the game and cut him in half and his body fell all the way down to the bottom of this tower and it it was such a great unintended moment and when the game clicks like that it feels so wonderful it's just it's a shame that it seems to get in the way of all of it yeah um do you want to go next Russ, or do you want me to go next well, I think mine is the big one at the end, so you should probably go. All right, well, I'll do The Evil Within 2. Surprise! Yeah. You probably didn't expect to hear that one in here. I didn't expect to play it. I had, like, I was between games. I kind of have petered out on Destiny 2 almost completely at this point. And, oh, Stardew Valley 2 came out on Switch this month, and I played a lot of Wait, that. Wait, no, and... no, don't say it like that, because <laughs> people will think that the sequel to Stardew Valley came out on Switch. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I played a lot of Stardew Valley on Switch, and... Yes. Um, I sort of finished that and was looking for something to play. And so I saw Evil Within 2 and it was getting pretty good, pretty good scores. And it's, you know, close to Halloween. And so I wanted to play a horror game, despite the, fact that, despite the fact I never played Evil Within 1 because I heard it was not very good. Um, I really enjoyed the Evil Within 2, even though there are lots of problems with it. Um, it's it's funny that it came out in the same year as Resident Evil 7 because uh, it's it was made by... 
um tango gameworks which is shinji mikami's studio uh and there is so much of that dna particularly of um for me the closest comparison is resident evil 4 which is the best resident evil game um and uh yeah yeah i i, I enjoyed it a lot it is a survival horror game you play as sebastian castellanos the returning protagonist from evil within one uh only apparently there's like a lot more story a lot more backstory given to sebastian his he he uh lost his daughter in a house fire but surprise she's still alive and inside of this virtual uh environment uh called stem uh, inside this virtual city called union and he has to go inside this virtual city and rescue her but surprise everything's really fucked up and spooky uh in in the game and that entails you fighting a bunch of sort of zombie like uh mutant monsters and going up against other sort of uh bad people who are also in stim and have been granted sort of these special powers by the by the environment um so it's like halloween tron yes i mean it's kind of like um it's like uh i guess more nightmare on elm street right it's it's mm -hmm. it's this dream world where there are people who are taking advantage of the environment and everything is very scary and it sucks and also if you die in the game you die in real life um and like wait 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 for real real yeah i'm dead i died a couple times oh, and so i'm i'm dead damn. Now. what what Miss i love you. about the what i love about the game is like there are some uh there are some genuinely scary moments in it there are some some jump scary moments and sort of the environment uh it's itself is very sort of twisted and scary and uh, a lot of sort of the monster designs are uh are genuinely upsetting um there's a lot of gore and sort of horrible killings that happen one of the the first like uh, big bad guys that you meet has this camera that he can use to create a zone of slow motion and his whole deal is he murders and then takes a picture and so you will stumble across the crime scene and see this murder played back over and over and over again in slow motion in a very stylish but very very gory way um there's there's sort of just a lot of tone work like that that is uh, very very effective um, but what i really like about the game and it's like my favorite shit in in survival horror games and again it's why resident evil 4 is my favorite game and i honestly think that evil within 2 did it better than uh, resident evil 7 did earlier this year is the escalation of power the the yep. slow and hard-earned escalation of power where you start out the game and there there's some stealth mechanics in the game that are actually pretty good um there's you know taking cover in uh in bushes and instant kills and uh throwing bottles to distract enemies to sort of gain an advantage over a situation and uh you know ammunition for your weapons is very scarce uh to a certain point uh but as the game goes on you can find parts that you can upgrade your weapons with in various ways or you can uh find weapons or find broken weapons that you have to repair with with parts um and so you 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 know you kind of pick a favorite one for me it's like almost always in these sorts of games just the the first handgun you find and then turning it into a you know a ship cannon is is always a very very satisfying thing for me but you also get uh this stuff called green gel from uh enemies that you kill that you can use to customize sebastian in, in various ways so you can make it so that he uh sprints faster or, or regenerates health faster or uh it can sneak better or gain special uh you know instant stealth kill abilities mm. um 
and so by the by the, at the start of the game like you are completely helpless and you are dropped in this city where the streets are just flooded with these monsters that will annihilate you and so um the, it, it kind of has an open world feel to it you have this uh communicator that you're using to track your daughter through this environment but you will also get signals from um from from downed members of this military organization or from civilians who are trapped in union uh and you can you can sort of follow the path of your communicator to find them and a lot of the time uh, they'll be dead and you can use your communicator to sort of witness their last few few moments um and you can use the communicator to track down upgrades and all kinds of stuff um so you start out the game you're completely weak and and you can be killed very very easily and then by the end of the game, you are this zombie slaying demigod, which is like the trajectory of my favorite horror movies also. And so when a game pulls it off really well, um, it's it's always really satisfying. And Yeah, I, Plant, Plant and I streamed what was probably the first like open world area. Yeah. And yeah, he was definitely just getting like yeah, creamed it, left, right, and center. It's so tough. There's, there's a, a lot of variety in the... Uh, not a lot, but there's there's some there's some cool variety in the uh, enemies that come after you. Um, there is one enemy who is essentially the witch from the uh, Left 4 Dead games, yeah. which is hey horror games, put those in all of them because it's super fucking scary to hear like the croaking and then all of a sudden this uh, you know old woman with a bleach white hair is running at you with a knife that she will just stab you to death with instantly. Um, it's it's. Uh, it's not a great game. It gets a little bit, I, it is, I think a good game. I think it gets a little bit repetitive. Um, and the, but around the halfway point, like the main villain changes in a way that I don't think is necessarily earned. And it's like, it completely changes. It, it's almost like they had an idea for what they wanted evil within three to be, but then they realized that what they had for evil within two wasn't enough for a whole game. And so they kind of squished the two together in a sort of clumsy way. Um, uh, but that said, the last sort of chapter of the game is actually really fantastic, and I was not expecting this game to pull off sort of a, a, an emotional moment that it, it kind of did in the finale, which was uh, uh, unexpected and impressive. But um, yeah, I don't think I like it as much as Resident Evil 7, all, all told, because I think uh, in, in total, Resident Evil 7 was such a fresh... Uh, like revolutionary take on survival horror in a way that maybe evil within two is derivative, but it's derivative and successful in, in what it tries to derive. Um, but it, it also like, I wonder if it's whether this is true, I might be totally crazy, but I feel like there's something very hard about making a game where you have these abilities to like customize and make yourself more powerful over time. And maintaining that level of tension throughout becomes very difficult because you don't know, oh, did you collect all the shit in level three? Well, if you did, you're probably collecting it's all the that. shit it's everywhere. The, it's not that. It's, it really, I don't think it's that where like, it's like, okay. oh no, I missed one thing. Cause you can kill enemies and get, get gel out of them and, sure. and you're going to be, you're going to be good. Um, I think that maybe it actually get the, the, the balance as a whole was pretty good, but the last few chapters of the game, I was untouchable. Um, my, yeah. my pistol was upgraded all the way so that I could basically, uh, two or three shots to any enemy and they go down and I had enough. Oh, you collect resources as you're exploring. So like raw resources like gunpowder or, uh, herbs or, um, pipes that you can then, 
use at crafting stations to create weapons and my stockpile was so buck wild by the end of the game yeah. that i basically had infinite ammo so the tension was more or less gone at that point but by that point sort of the story grabs you and pulls <laughs> you through the the last few chapters or so um yeah i don't i i don't think it's for everybody i uh I, I I enjoy these these games and I think the length was just right. Finished it in about nine hours, ten hours or so, which is about how much I want to spend in a world like this. And when it's that sort of con- condensed and that tight, I feel like they can get that that power escalation just right. Um, and yeah, I th- I I was surprised by how much that I enjoyed it. Not enough to go back and play the original Evil Within because again, sure. it looks so bad they don't do that letterbox thing in evil within 2 which is great um although uh spoilers i guess when you finish the game you can replay it with the letterbox on oh, if you terrific. if you really want to there's some really great there's lots of like flashback segments to the events of the first game uh and whenever it does do those flashback segments a lot of the times it cuts into the letterbox mode which is very it's very fun um yeah it's a good little game cool cool um you go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? I'm not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all... You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. 
That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. I guess we should continue on to the next game. Yeah, let's keep trucking. Uh, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, which is a baffling 2. I mean, it's just... It's just the, the wildest two that I can I can. It's not called Wolfenstein of. Two though, right? It's just it's called just Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein the, the New Colossus. Colossus. It is really? Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. Look at some box art. Okay. Check it out. It's Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. What's wrong with the two? Oh, yeah. Because oh. there's just no reality in which this is Wolfenstein Two. It's just not. Yeah, it's the Wolfenstein it, like eight or something. It's at Wolfenstein this point. eight or nine. Oh, like oh, it's oh, just oh, not oh, I two. I mean, like there is. I mean, it is a direct sequel to the other. Well, it's not. It wasn't a remake. You know, like they're all canon. Like all the Wolfenstein games are within the same timeline. Yeah, I canon. guess that's fair. Um, okay, Wolfenstein two. Um, if you played, uh, let's talk mechanically first. If you played the last uh, Wolfenstein game, um, uh, you you pretty much know what what to expect here. You're charging your way through stages uh and you are with a blend of stealth and uh just straight run and gun comically large amounts of violence yeah two gun huge violent huge kills um and you have the option of stealth or going loud uh i i think that the best blend is usually somewhere in between those they have a really smart way of pivoting so that if you use stealth until you kill uh each area has these commanders and if you can stealth your way to killing a a commander then uh they can't call an alarm and bring down more people on you so generally what feels best to me and i think it's sort of like the most sensical way of approaching most areas is stealthing your way to the commander killing the commander and then uh going loud if you will um were, were you were you successful in that a lot i i played the first wolfenstein and i really enjoyed the blend of stealth and action and in this one it just felt like the enemies could see through fucking space and time and there was no there i just could not i could not sneak to save my life yeah it's 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 tough you know you um more than a lot of stealth games, you don't have like vision cones or what have you, which I was really desperate for, or or like enemy highlights and that, and that kind of thing, um, uh, through walls or whatever, which is realistic, I guess. But um, but also a lot of the rooms are these huge are, are huge open spaces, and if there's an enemy on the other side of it, without like much <laughs> cover to get you over to them, it feels like well, I'm just I'm gonna get spotted here, so let's just start shooting. About midway through the game, you get some equipment that actually helps with that. Um, okay. If you if you choose, there's a uh, you're offered a choice after one story beat of sort of a stealth um, focused gear or battle focused gear or tactically focused gear, and what you choose actually opens up some gameplay opportunities that helped a lot with stealth in the in the later stages, but. Um, it's different from a lot of first person shooters in that it does not reward you sort of like getting the high ground or getting to a good position and picking off people. You will get overwhelmed and killed pretty quickly. Um, the only thing that really works well, if you're going to be, uh, you know, going loud, if you will, is, um, 
to to just keep moving. You move very quickly, um, and but you are fairly vulnerable. Like you're surprisingly vulnerable. I think it's not helped that the game is very bad at communicating to you when you're taking damage. Thank um, you. Oh my god. It's just oh my number is low. What happened? Oh, I got shot a hundred times. Yeah, it is not. You start to get some visual and rumble feedback uh when you're very close to death and by then That's a lot so of times weird. it's too late it's very bad at relating that information to you um the other sort of mechanical thing that really bothered me is the level design is the worst so bad and it is it's weird in that um there's a couple problems with it one of them is the that gear that i mentioned um you have opportunities to get through uh, levels depending on what gear you have so there's like stilts that can raise you up and there's a weird torso armor that compresses you unless you squeeze through tubes and there's a, a harness that lets you ram through walls and usually the way it shakes out is you'll get to a point where you see a tube and there's some bricks on the wall and there's a high point you could climb to it's like well i guess yeah. i'll just use whichever one of those i got huh? <laughs> all right well you're the I, boss i want to say i, I want to say i want to say really quickly because i feel like i've never been so more on the other side of history about a game than i do about this one because i think it's bad like i think it's a bad game and it's the level design shit that is uh, unforgivable to me in a, in a way where i just can't i thought I just was not having a good. I played about half the game and would never had a good time the it's whole time. A, it's I was an untangible it. thing, especially if you're like us and are not game designers. But it, it, I very, very, very often in Wolfenstein, if you play a Valve game, for instance, I think they're probably the best at this. Other people are very good, but if you play like Half Life, you are being subtly guided from A to B without like a gross blinking arrow. You're just like the world shows you where to go, and that yeah, like the door is lit and, and, and you can see and exactly like that. right. This game does give you a blinking arrow. It gives you a button you can press to make a waypoint appear, and even that's not enough to show you like where in these labyrinthine, poorly sort of uh, 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 poorly pathed. <laughs> levels you're supposed to play in and i wanted to yeah, do I, a quick anecdote i gave up on the game halfway through but the story is so cool that i wanted to watch the, the rest of it so i watched a a youtube sort of compilation of all the cutscenes, and at the end of the game the I, I won't spoil it but there's a bit where you're supposed to sort of sneak through a a, a a crowd and you're supposed to like crouch down and go through some bleachers and then go up like this ladder and now you're on some catwalks and it but also there's like other pathways you can go down and there's like a, a stack of boxes that maybe it looks like you can, you can get over but you can't actually jump over it and then there's another hallway and you get to the end of it and all the doors are locked and so i was watching this thing like trying to watch the ending of the game because i knew i'm never going to go back and finish this and the person playing it got stuck at that part like the the climactic part of the game for like four minutes because they kept weird. trying to I, jump over the boxes they kept trying to fucking i had the exact same and it's like this it's is the climactic be, ending of the yeah. game and it's it's you are you are robbing it of power because you put this it sucks like the pathing sucks it sucks so I actually bad got stuck in that moment trying to find my way through and got glitched on the environment and had to reload the checkpoint. it's like how's, like, the, end, how's the end of your fucking video game it's it's mind-boggling to me uh narratively though i it is so so far ahead of most games in this genre that it is it is i think it's like almost embarrassing to them the writing is like uniformly great the performances are really really good the themes of the game are like very deftly handled in a way that sort of the overarching thing if I were to point to like one sort of main 
a thematic idea that keeps getting resurfaced is that the Nazis are in America and not everybody is like against the Nazis. There are people for whom the Nazi way of life is working out pretty good. And you get to see that and you get to see their logic and you get to see Americans <laughs> sort of like subscribing to the, to Nazism to keep it, their right. does, uh, it, does it, way of life. Does it go into the birth of eugenics in America or does it act like Germany is where this all started? I mean, it's alternate timeline. So like, I, I, it does not, from what I say, and I'm, I'm, maybe there's like news clippings or whatever that touch on this. It does yeah. not talk about the fact that like eugenics was um, uh, sort of got a lot of a Germans got out of inspiration. Well, well the, and also that would have been, you know, 15 years or 20 years before this game took place. So it's not something that necessarily would be uh, in the in the topic of 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 this game, but it does. Um, it, 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 it shows what like America under Nazi control would look like and how people either fight back against that and kind of at the cost of everything or are complacent sort of, and that's complacent. the, that's the, that's a, a, another form of true evil. Yeah. And, exactly. and what Pat sort of mentioned was, and this is obviously a very touchy subject, but basically he, he was explaining Pat has played a lot of it and, and done a lot of interviews with this, the developers, stuff like that. And he was talking about how basically it highlights just how close America was at that time with like a slight nudge into just like this being becoming the norm. Now, obviously, this is a very fantastical game, but, you know, this was, you know, pre-civil rights and all that stuff. And, and you know... This was a, a very dodgy time, and it seems like the game really highlights it that. Does, it does it. highlight that while still including some of the most video game ass video game shit. It, I like some of the beats, and you probably hear people will, will sort of obliquely mention this stuff, and it's really something you have to like see for yourself to keep from it being spoiled, but like because it would have zero impact with me just like saying the shit that happens, but it is mm. full of story, like beats that are like, wait, they're not actually gonna. Wow. Okay. That's what we're doing. Apparently this is happening and that happens. Um, and, and it feels earned. Like it, it doesn't fit like the world, all credit to them. The world that they've built is one that can facilitate these sorts of like, classic sci-fi imagining the american psyche through a different lens to highlight things in our america can can do that and also like robot dogs on venus like that kind of crap yeah. um you know it, it it is it is fascinating and the 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 story stuff and all the characters and and a lot of the beats and even like it, it even has like quieter moments that work better than most games that are mainly quieter moments um it's just like so well done um that that it it makes me a little sad that like i so was not in love with the rest of it and i had a better time than griffin um i i think that uh once you get um i especially enjoyed it once you get you what the stealth gear thing the thing that like lets you go through tubes has a perk on it called terror billy which is what the germans have um labeled you uh and it gives you like a two second grace period when you get spotted that Perfect. lets you like hide back or take somebody out with a silenced gun or whatever 
Um, and I started enjoying things a lot more after I got that. Um, uh, what, what I don't understand is that something something changed. Something went wrong between Wolfenstein 1 and Wolfenstein 2, or between New Order and New Colossus. Because I thought New Order felt fucking fantastic. I thought the—I the, even had problems with the gunplay in Wolfenstein 2, um, where I felt like all a lot of the guns felt, like, really weak. I felt like the—to the, use a— more i guess destiny or call of duty style term like the time to kill on a lot of the weapons felt kind of bad and you really also you really like start to notice it in these sections where you get ambushed and now there's like 30 nazis pouring in to attack you and each yeah. one takes like a little bit longer than you think it should take but that adds up a lot over time it also seemed like and and i only played it very briefly i was playing it on a stream with pat uh, it seems like the auto aim is like almost non-existent. No, which is that's, an interesting. I, I felt I felt the opposite. I felt like the auto. Oh, aim, really? uh, it, maybe you had it turned off, but when if it's maybe. if it's turned on, it's bad to the point of you are aiming at the enemy ten yards behind the enemy who's right the fuck in front of you. Oh, got it, got um, it, got it. And 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 Justin mentioned it in passing, but like the no feedback when you're getting hit, like yeah, at all is really really it's it's really uh it's a it's a fart in the face every time that you get killed because you didn't know oh there was an enemy down the hallway that did have line of sight on me that was hitting me with bullets and i wasn't paying attention to my hud at the bottom of the screen and now i'm dead so good i'm having a lot of fun it's it's it, i i love the cutscenes and the everything justin said about the story and the acting and everything was yep totally on point and i think the rest of the game is really disappointing that's interesting yeah i haven't really played very much of it but obviously the general consensus does seem to be way more positive than that, so I am surprised. I, I feel like well, there's there's people. I'm you, I'm never this guy, but there's people who are giving this game a fucking perfect score, and it's like there's that's so ten, much bad. That's kind of a video scores. game thing, you know. Like I I I, I don't want to completely say that I don't believe in other people's opinions, yada yada yada. But a big but, like holy cow, do people in video games often really want video games to be great movies? And you get something with like a little bit of ambition and a little bit yeah. better of a story. It's the David suddenly, Cage bump. Yeah, everything becomes like all but forgiving. <laughs> I think and, David's. I think David's lost the lost yeah. the goodwill for that bump. <laughs> um, we should. Uh, we're running out of time, so I think we're probably time for that final time. one. I'm yeah, gonna steal from you. Okay. Ready? I feel like every. Yeah. I don't know why <laughs> Russ gets to do this one because I've played the, the game that Russ is about to talk about more than maybe any other game this year. Tough shit. It's Griffin. a me. So so I feel like we've been um, very negative the, about our other games this month. It's, it's, it's kind true. of bumming me straight out. Up, I was di I was disappointed in a lot of the game. I played a little bit of Shadow of War. Thought it was pretty pretty bad. Played Wolfenstein. Didn't like it. Played a little Assassin's Creed. Didn't like it. And I was all psyched for October twenty sixth. It was supposed to be the second coming, but I don't know. Justin, good so news. The this final... is going to be a posy one. Yeah. The final game is Super Mario Odyssey. Uh-huh. And I pretty much played until the point where Mario gets his hat um, destroyed by Bowser. And then, <laughs> so you guys should probably fill in the rest. <laughs> uh, no. So Mario, Super Mario Odyssey. Um, in my mind, it's essentially the first really new Super Mario game since galaxy 2 well i guess you could what are you argue galaxy like Super 3d mario, 3D mario. i know what you mean yeah. 3D mario. Here, no 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 no. these are these are great games but i would say super mario land uh, super mario 3d land and 3d world do not reinvent what a mario game can except be except for the multiplayer code three super mario 3d world is a hey, fucking it's masterpiece super mario 2 griffin they did it okay what didn't that have co-op what uh, no i guess it didn't what are you talking you just about had multiple characters anyway sorry uh, here's what I'm going to say. 
It's an uh, Super Mario Odyssey, I think, in my opinion, is a uh, big departure in a lot of ways from, you know, the Mario formula. Uh, obviously, a lot of the similarities are there. But what makes it... I mean, it's an excellent game. It's it's really just a tremendously good game from the uh, visual design of all of the kingdom of kingdoms they're called. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and just like just being charmed your way through, you know, collecting all the moons and talking to people and stuff like that. I think what what blows me away way more so uh, about the game is just that they managed to one up Super Mario <laughs> six. What? One, one oh, one like, uh, he, he's not the one up. Pretty good. They managed to one up uh, Super Mario 64 uh, when it comes to showing how to make 3D world traversal super fun and interesting. Um, they basically looked at every movement that Mario makes and gave him a level of momentum and fluidity that we really have not seen anywhere near the level that they do in this game well, it's, it really it's, just it's because this is a best of in a lot of ways of the different sort of traversal yeah. techniques from crouch jumping in 64 all the way up to uh you know the the butt stop stomp jump and the, sp the spinning jump in like everything that mario has ever been able to do in a mario game he is able to do in in odyssey and in addition to that, you have the element of the hat, which becomes like a huge traversal element where you're using it as a portable springboard and and all that stuff. So I think like that for me is what grabbed me initially, like having seen the trailers, I was like, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be great. And then the second I started playing, I was like, holy shit, this is like a mind blowingly fun game to just fuck around in and just like roll down uh, sand dunes and like just screw around in the world it's like insanely fun in the way that like destiny works because the guns feel really good to fire and it's a very hard thing to put your finger on exactly how they pulled that off and why it works same thing here in terms of movement i don't think there's another game out there ever that has nailed 3d movement yeah, it's as the best, good as it's the best feeling platformer of of all time and what's really great about it is while you're dicking around on a sand dune you'll roll into a cactus and then a moon will jump out of it. And you're like, Oh yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like the world is so dense with things to find. And it gives you so many different avenues to find those things that you, that you are on this reward loop that hits you up with dopamine every 20 seconds from, yeah. and I, I played this game for probably about 40 hours in maybe the course of a week a lot of late nights playing it and it doesn't stop it just it does not stop with that loop it is constantly 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 rewarding you just for having fun and, and playing around in this world and seeing like what's around the next corner and it, yeah. it goes and, even and we further. haven't even oh, sorry i was just gonna say it, it goes further than even the like oh you roll around in the world and hit the cactus the thing that i was so impressed to see that i guess has been a thing with mario from the very beginning is it knows that people like to break the game and it rewards you for doing it. Yeah. And it's also so quality assured beyond any other game that you can break. You, there, there are moves that people figure out pretty quickly about how to get to a place that would be otherwise out of reach because of the ways you can manipulate the jumps. And you will get above a stage and while you're walking around on top of the stage, you'll find coins. Because they understood that, oh, somebody's yeah. going to figure out a way to break it to get up here. So let's, like, reward them for it. Miyamoto I mean, was here first. Nice try. <laughs> I'm yeah. already up here. I'm dropping Just coins. laughing. And we haven't even talked about the um, capture mechanic, which I think there is, at least for me, 
there are moments when I'm playing a Mario game, especially the really, really big ones like Galaxy, where, you know, it sometimes I get like a little burnt out because essentially your moveset <laughs> is pretty standard. You, you know, obviously can get power of, you know, like a fire flower or something like that. But for the most part, using the same moves. And so by introducing the capture mechanic of being able to throw your hat onto uh, most of the creatures in the game, or at least a lot of them, um, it's constantly being like, a, it's letting you do things you couldn't do before, whether that's running really fast or swimming underwater without dying or whatever it is. I mean, but those are also... you've just mentioned two of the most uninspired. Like, how about turning in, sure. turning into a tank where you can shoot fucking rockets at stuff, or turning mm. into a worm where you can extend your body like huge right. links and wrap around corners and so right. So so it's doing all those things, but it's also introducing a level of surprise where. You know, after you've gotten your first leaf, you know what the leaf's going to do. You right. know what your powers are. But if you walk up to a caterpillar in the middle of the jungle and you throw your hat on him, you have no fucking clue what it's going to do. But you do but you, but you do know it's like a new language or it's a new lens yeah. through which to view this world because every time I found a right. new capture, I you just know there's going to be 30 little moons or 30 secrets or 30 challenge rooms where I'm going to be using this mechanic in new, like they exhaust every possible use of every possible ability in, in the game to some extent or another, where you will find a, a room with this enemy in it. And they're like, Oh, 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 I'm supposed to use the, the worm this way. I didn't even know I could use yeah. it that way, but okay, great. Yeah. And, and, and just from like a game design standpoint, like this is where Nintendo shines is like introducing you to a basic mechanic and then just like totally making it, like turn on its head um but there are just so many of those creatures that feel as good to control as mario does my favorite in the game is probably this bird pick with an, yeah his, what's his name i think it's pickpock or pockpock or pick pick or something like pick that. pick whatever Pook, he's like the Pook, this yeah. little bird he's got favorite. little legs and he runs really slowly but he's got a nose that you can extend it's like a, a like a giant wooden nose like a pinocchio nose that you can extend and you can use you can use that to poke enemies to kill them or like shoot bombs off in different directions like deflect bombs you can also run up to most walls and extend it and you basically shove your nose into the wall and then you can flick yourself up to like a different part of the wall and it feels so fucking good anywhere anytime there's flicking in this game Sorry, that sounds dirty, but it feels fucking spectacular, like super There's even fucking a, good. A boss fight that you fight as that yeah. bird, and is so, it's so good, and it's so smart because it helps them to break out of the sort of classic. Like uh, a lot of bosses in Mario games, you sort of know the language. They can only change the language of it so much because you know what the sort of vocabulary of the fight is going to be. You know, you have jump, and you have ground pound and you have maybe fireballs or whatever but when they introduce these uh, like boss fight there's at least two i can think of off the top of my head where boss fights as an animal that you a creature you've captured like you have no idea you're going in completely blind because like who knows how it's going to take advantage of the of the the new mechanics yeah the other thing i really like about it um is the way it handles the game flow the first time you get through the game so going from level one to the essentially the final kingdom so to speak, is really smart because basically they, what they do is they're like, okay, you just got into this new kingdom. You need seven moons. And once you find seven moons and you kill the boss of this kingdom, you can move on. And a lot of times in these sorts of games, what you'll get is like, well, you found seven moons, moons there's 40 more. 
Um, and although the game does show you via a list that there are 40 more, the game doesn't like shame you into that, at least the first time you're going through the game. You're just sort of like experiencing the world and like digesting it. But I didn't feel that level of guilt of like, okay, I'm moving on to a new level, but I haven't found everything yet. Once you beat the game, you're, you're filled with like genuine excitement oh, to see joy. what the next like, kingdom is going to be. Totally, I cannot like every single kingdom is like a total like present. I wrapped. I just wish it was communicated a little bit better that you are not even able to get everything sort of your first time through. Yeah, uh, because I, that, I think that. that that left me with a sort of frustrating. I like to make sure I'm done with a place before I move on. That's sort of my approach to these things normally. Yeah, um, sure. And I and I wish it had been communicated to me that like that's not even po- like you're not going to be able to finish this so you probably shouldn't do your like i'm going to try to get everything level like fine tooth comb exploration until you've already finished the game and, and come back um yeah. which people will tell you if you ask them that people have played but the game itself doesn't communicate it yeah it doesn't do a great job there's there are a number of moons that are like poorly listed if you're a completionist like you're trying to get all the moons they'll be like well, you need to find a hint in this other world, and then you can go back to this older world, but the moon is listed in the initial world. So there's, like, some weirdness there if you're a completionist. But the fact that once you beat the game, and this has become kind of a Mario staple, but this game in particular is, like, definitely to the extreme, you're you're, you're 50% of the way through, essentially, because there are there's so much shit that gets unlocked after you beat the game, uh, whether it's, like brand new dungeons that you couldn't accept access before you know totally new challenges and, and, and totally almost universally that post-game stuff is much harder than the stuff the first yeah. time around and like playing the game the first time around was uh, amazing and i uh, loved it it was my favorite time one of my favorite times playing games this year but it was kind of easy and then yeah. the, po- the post-game stuff uh shows you that you are a child and this is this is actually what what you know, the real shit is culminating in sort of a a final bonus level that you can unlock that is really fucking hard. But then when you beat it, you feel like the, you know, the the emperor of video games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have not gotten there yet. Um, but it is great. Um, I want to complain <laughs> I'm gonna, about I'm gonna I want to complain about motion controls. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bad. That's that is a fair complaint. Go for it, Justin. I, I, there are really cool moves that are done via motion controls that you don't have like that you just can't do without them there's a cool like throw your hat around in a circle and yeah, well that one you can do without motion controls how, how do you do that uh, motion controls you can actually spin if you use the left analog stick and, and, and run it in a circle you can start to spin mario and while he's spinning if you hit the throw hat button it'll do the circle throw are you kidding like what yeah so you spin Mario anyway you can't do anyway. it without motion controls and well, you can, well, so okay. you basically can't there do are moves you can't and there's a throw your hat up in the air straight up in the air kind of move that yeah that one that, i can't do without motion controls. Motion, motion controls and it just it's it's so wild to me one because there are two really good face buttons that are basically just mirrors of the other two and, and that could have helped with this effort there's no reason it can't all be matched uh put on the motion controls it seems so strange to me that one that this information was continuing to be surfaced when i played the only way i played this game and i finished it and the only way i, I mean i i finished the first thing i'm digging in for like more moons and stuff but um i i finished it without ever using the motion controls once uh and i i continued to get that information surfaced to me even though i clearly was like not 
playing that way. Um, and you could <laughs> theoretically do the motions with your $300 not always in stores console. If you want to start shaking that bad boy around, throwing it <laughs> hither and yon, even that it's like extremely imprecise. You are meant to be doing yeah. it with uh, detached Joy-Cons, which is my number one least favorite way to play the Switch period forever and ever. Who likes that? It's unfathomable to me. Um, but it's really I frustrating to that, yeah. that they like it's all so kind and so considered in a way that like literally every other game that we're talking about this month, um, with the exception of Wolfenstein, which I think is just has problems, but is not necessarily like mean spirited. But a lot of the other games that we've talked about this month where you, it's trying to like wring some extra cash out of you in really gross ways. Like it's such a generous game. It's like, it only wants to please you. It wants to make sure you're having fun. It has thought about everything that you, there's not a ledge that is put there for no reason. Like it's all lo so lovingly made. And then to have like some of the game forced into motion controls just feels like so, is well, so Well, they, they needed you to know it, it, what this game was made by Nintendo. And yeah, they needed, right. it, 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 what, there was no half-baked online infrastructure. Or anything. They needed you to know somehow, hey, Nintendo did make this one. It just feels very incompatible with the idea of the Switch, which seems to be like, yeah. I don't know, play it how you want. Do you want to play it as a portable game console? Like, go for it. And if you look at the stats that came out, um, about 50% of people, like the majority of people, I, I should say not 50%, the majority of people are using it about 50-50. They're using it like some in the dock, some out. And then like 30% of people are using it just in, out of the dock and just in the dock. So like everybody's using it differently. I don't know why Nintendo felt compelled to sort of impose this mechanic onto you, like to force you to play this this way. It seems very yeah. strange to me. Um, the other thing I kind of want to talk about, may I don't know if this belongs. Do we want to talk about... Minnow, this probably belongs in our game of the year discussion. Never mind. Okay. What is it? You uh, can't just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Have to I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I was going to say, do we want to start know, talking? Just we all appreciate a good mystery. Well, I okay. I want. I was going to say, do we want to start talking about this and Zelda? That's. that's the, I'm games. actually very, very curious to talk about it because a, a lot of the buzz since this game came out is. What, I, and I love it. it. This is the discussion taking place. Which Nintendo Switch exclusive is going to be the game of the year, Zelda or Mario? Because I really, yeah. I feel like it's going to be one of those cake or pie Elvis or Beatles like <laughs> dichotomies. So I'm wait, 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 wait. Elvis okay. or this Beatles? doesn't belong here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's... that's never been said. You are the first person in in literally. I'm not the, the first person. I'm literally not the first person to say Elvis that. Elvis or Beatles? No, Rolling yeah. Stone or Beatles? Maybe. Well, Elvis no, or it's, Beatles? I mean, it's. I guess you're asking at that point, are you very old? Are you a very old person? Um, I mean, there are a lot of Slate articles about Elvis Presley or the Beatles, who is better. Okay, so I think so. I still think Zelda is one of the best games ever made. So let's, <laughs> but we shouldn't do this here. But I do think this yeah, is better. Yeah, we're not going to do it here. This is better than Destiny 2. Uh, yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. I do, do want to knock one more very small thing, is that as I'm going through now and trying to get 500 moons which unlocks essentially the last kingdom of the game <laughs> Five, some of 500. the yeah i know settle down griffin, some of way, griffin the... i i still have unanswered emails from you like <laughs> what are you play. doing with your life you collecting all the like... Coll oh, oh collecting all the moons <laughs> okay great <laughs> some of the like post-game moon collection stuff can feel a little not super magical 
um, I'll give you an example. There's like five of the moons that use this kind of lame, um, uh, what is it called? A slot machine mechanic that just like shouldn't be in the game. It takes just fucking like, 10 seconds to do it. It takes 10 seconds. It sh- I shouldn't be doing it. It's not magical. I shouldn't be doing it. It's very pointless. Um, <laughs> I would just say they are. Yeah, I would just say they are. They are. Those are few and far between, but um, it can feel a little grindy at times. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think it's. I think it's an excellent game. Also, I, New I Donk New Donk City is the best fucking area that's ever been in a Mario game. Come at me. It is. I would play a whole Mario game just in New Donk City. Don't fucking try to step up. It's the best ever, and I don't want to hear any of your shit. But in Super Mario Sunshine, I really no. New Donk City is the best. It has real human people. And they're just they're all around. You can step I, on their fucking heads. The only problem I have with New Dog City is it didn't have 15 uninterrupted minutes of Mario just like, what? What? <laughs> Who? How? And poor Pauline, who's like the, is a, a day walker halfway yeah, between the Mario and human being aesthetic. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about that. That she does not really visually coincide with everyone else that lives there so wait this might be this is a new quarter right october november december is the fourth quarter of the year so this does not unseat d2 i guess this is is destiny 2 lives on So the question that we have currently and it's gonna be tough in november and december to unseat mario uh the question currently for game of the year is mario player notes battlegrounds legend of zelda Jesus and Destiny, 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 I Destiny guess. too. And if you yeah. wanted to get snippy about it, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds should realistically be up against Mario in this quarter because it's technically coming out in December. Like if you want, nah, if you want to get the one point bullshit, but it's our is show. Whatever. We can do whatever we want, so it'll it'll yeah. maintain its position. So, but is that that's right? Right? Those are the four currently. Yeah, but there, we will also see. We shouldn't. We should mention it's not just going to be four games in the game of the year thing. We will bring no, back. We're going to bring back a old, bunch stupid favorites like persona 5 um but uh so <laughs> i'm looking ahead to the rest of the year to kind of see i don't know yeah, i don't know gang i don't have I don't. going on it's a little it's a little it's i'm, it's I'm excited rough. for uh pokemon ultra sun ultra moon because that mm-hmm. the pokemon sun and moon came out right when my baby was born and so i barely played it at all so i'm excited it's for that not an amazing so pokemon. call yeah. of duty yeah yeah, I already reviewed that one. Okay, but we'll talk about it next month. Uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Octodad's coming to the Switch. That's fun. That's fun. what's uh, going on with November. It's, it, November <clears throat> used to be the shit, and now I guess everybody's just moved uh, on. Their... Battlefront is a big game. Yeah, need Star Wars for speed. I need for can't speed. I didn't I'm... even realize there was a Need for Speed. I can't game believe I'm out. saying this out loud, but uh, LA Noir is coming out this month. <laughs> HD <laughs> remix, pretty good. Coming to Switch. L.A. Noir, man. Okay. I hope they're testing the waters because that would be hysterical. Um, did they make that better or is it just <laughs> still kind of a bad game in a lot of ways? Um, the Dead. I do kind of want to know how it looks in HD. Oh, man. It was good technology. Yeah. yeah like I, ba- yeah. Battlefront and Call of Duty looked to be about it. Um, that's rough. It's going to be a rough, rough November and then December. Like yikes. Rocket League on Switch. I mean, yeah, ports on ports. On I mean, ports Animal. On ports. We're going to talk about Animal Crossing next month at length. Yeah, 
um, you know, they are still in testing, so there's really no Absolutely. telling. Absolutely, I feel I, I, I feel kind of guilty for dumping on it because like they could still fix this shit. I, I'm also mostly salty just because like I haven't been able to open my friends list, and it's like sort of very social online game, and it's Whose like fault oh, is you, that? You tried, my are you gonna say mine? Because I tried to get too <laughs> yeah. many friends. It's your fault. It's your fault. Uh, Skyrim also. <laughs> I'd love to bring the Skyrim. Oh, to and besties. Doom. Yeah, Doom Skyrim, Skyrim VR or Skyrim Switch, which you know I'm gonna get into that. Yeah, I mean I know I am too. Uh, and Pokemon, sure we can get. We're we getting in November together. December yeah. still, like not, it's no, not no, 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 no. Dead Rising Four, Frank's big package, <laughs> a real game that's coming out. Oh no! Oh, uh, EDF Five apparently, Chris Plant. Uh, what about that? Um, while we're talking about this, Horizon Zero Dawn is that is that the DLC? Plant, the, you just reviewed that, next... that, didn't you? I is did. that next month? You can read it on polygon.com. Is that Listen, out now? Here's, here's the great thing about this DLC. Maybe this is just for Griffin, since he was a sad, mean boy who gave up on the game too early. Go If, if you haven't played the game, the DLC is, I think, fantastic. It slots into the game as part of the story, and I don't know. It kind of digs into something that I think is interesting about the story, Unfortunately, if you have finished the game, it doesn't slot in well at all, and it's basically a lot of the things that were frustrating about the game uh, all in one spot, and you have to go back and learn how to play it, which maybe, Griffin, this is I don't know if this is why you bounced off, but it is, talk about games that are complicated and have annoying menus, uh, it's this game. The inventory system stinks. Yeah, that was my uh, main rub. Yeah, and having, like, if I, like, had a full inventory system, and you come back and have to, you can't remember what to get rid of, so it, it, it's just a headache. The most annoying thing is they clearly know this stinks, so they made one of the uh, ability upgrades uh, expanding your inventory by 20%. Unfortunately, you have to earn, I think, like, six, five or six ability unlocks before you can, before you can even do that. So, at that point, it's like, well, great, now I'm near the end of this, uh, I'm glad I have this ability, that I guess would be great if I was, you know, playing through the rest of the game, but having finished everything, this ability is essentially useless for me when I need it most. Uh, yeah. But, wow, very pretty, uh, the story and writing in those games is great, Ashley Birch's performance is, like, a real standout, and a scene where i don't feel like there are a ton of standout voice performances for the main characters i think they tend to be a little dull with everybody around them being interesting it, it honestly sounds like this is a good reason for me to go give it a second chance and me yeah. alone because i didn't play Why a lot are we of it talking the first about time this? it comes yeah, out in november know. and we yeah, don't have oh, yeah. oh no i'm sorry we should go i did bad <laughs> you're killing me all right so anyway that's gonna do it for the besties be sure to join us again next month for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games Yeah.